0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Dr. Brianne Showman brown and I am joined today by Dr. John Russin. I had the privilege of sitting down with John to discuss his foundation program, his functional hypertrophy training program, both of which were created to create more robust and resilient humans. These are amazing programs for the purpose of helping athletes recover from injuries, helping them decrease their risk of injuries, and in general, just helping them become better athletes. Whether you are a coach or an athlete, I think you will pull some amazing information from what John has to share with us today. So let's tune in. All right, John, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Of course, I am super excited about this. I've been following your stuff for a long time. I've looked into um, all your different different training stuff that you do. So I'm really excited to get you on here and share everything that you do with my listeners because I know how important it can be from a performance aspect, but also from an injury prevention aspect as well.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my MO. It's a pain-free performance specialist. So we take both things into account because really both things are equally as important and they create a symbiotic relationship for really unlocking longevity, but also world-class performances at any level.
0: So how did you get into this direction of things? Because you're a physical therapist, you're a licensed therapist. How did you end up going to this more of the performance athlete, um, just performance aspect rather than the actual like normal PT realm?
1: Well, uh, I I never actually worked as a traditional physical therapist. Um, Before I went to physical therapy school, I was a strength and conditioning uh, specialist at a local university. And I also worked with uh, high school athletes uh, in the Buffalo, New York area. So I continued working as a coach even through graduate school and actually took my first job as a performance coach kind of mixing in a little bit of the stuff that I could do with my newly found license, you know, putting my hands on people, diagnosing people. And I created very quickly the, uh, you know, the hybrid performance model where we've been running that for close to a decade now with uh, really good success for not only getting people back after injuries, but helping prevent injuries before they really even happen and trying to improve the bulletproofing process of your average fitness client or your average athlete coming to you. For results in the gym, because really that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, and it's such an overlooked part of like so many therapists get into this mindset of I just treat injuries, I just treat injuries. They forget about this whole aspect that as a therapist we can prevent stuff too.
1: Oh my god, Uh, I would say that our number one tool just to have ethics and morals as a doctoring healthcare practitioner is to go above and beyond just treating pain. We're not in the business of band-aiding pain. We're in the business of rebuilding people so they're never going to have these problems again. And that's what I see world-class professionals in the strength and conditioning realm, in the fitness realm, and in the rehabilitation realm do better than almost everybody else. But you know, it's easy to say it's harder to do and it takes more complex systems. It takes going above and beyond with your knowledge base and what you're doing With your client and your patient management and it's anything but normal in today's uh, medical systems
0: yeah exactly and that's the biggest thing is for people who live in an insurance world that's all they know because that's all the insurance wants to do they don't care as it's transitioning a little bit but still for the most part especially when it comes to athletes there's not that prevention aspect out there um, in the insurance world and the medical system in general like you said
1: it's, it's unfortunate, but I see this as one of the biggest limiting factors to the growth of physical therapy, the growth of chiropractic, the growth of the entire rehabilitation industry is that we have these hand ties on us. We literally have shackles on, and it keeps us from doing what we are passionate about doing, which is helping somebody to the best of our abilities, not having the limitations uh, being at risk for not being paid for it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so true. And the other thing too, is I've been talking with a lot of therapists recently and teaching some classes on it too, that so many therapists are just underloading their patients. Um, forgetting that right. the, like, even if they're 75, 80 years old, they still have to stand up from a toilet, you know, they, so we need to teach them how to squat. We need to teach them how to actually lift something. And it's just, there's this whole group of people, a large group of people as therapists that are just so, they're underloading their patients and not truly getting them back to a functional state anyway.
1: Load is one of the easiest things to get the most amount of results across the board, whether it be strength, mobility, physical capacities, longevity. It is is as close to a magic pill as there is for really unlocking people's at any age. And I don't know when this happened, but it's almost like we are inherently scared to load people in physical therapy. And I don't mean everybody. I'm not blanket stating that every physical therapist, but what we tend to see as the status quo and load is a huge thing, you know, from tissue resilience all the way up to actually getting functional movement patterns challenged. When you really look at it, there's two ways to challenge a pattern. Two ways to challenge a pattern in loading. And for many times, we do a little bit of speed. We increase velocities of different movement patterns, but we neglect the loading. And I truly think that strength needs to happen before speed, because if you really want to get scientific with it, breaking down those equations, everything is driven being stronger. A stronger human being is a more resilient human being. And we have 50 years of research showing that exact thing.
0: Exactly, exactly. and um, I think that's a perfect transition into you know what you do with the functional hypertrophy training and what the true purpose of that is is to make stronger individuals. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about for those people listening who don't know what functional hypertrophy training is um, I want you to explain just what it is um, as a general sense and then we'll kind of dig deeper into you know more specifics on it.
1: So FHT is one of the best-selling programs that the fitness industry has ever seen. It's coming up, uh, it's about five days away from having its third anniversary. And we've put over 15,000 people through FHT in that three-year period. And what the program is predicated on is rebuilding the foundational movement patterns, the squat, the hinge, the lunge, the push, the pull, the carry, But doing it in such a way that utilizes a multimodalic model which gives the best of everything that we have out there and doesn't neglect anything out there. So we do the best of muscle building hypertrophy work. We train like strength athletes and power lifters. We rehab and we do soft tissue work like we would be in world-class physical therapy. We work energy systems like triathletes and endurance runners. We do everything in order to move everything forward together. And that is the true definition of the multimodalic model. And this is the model that I truly see being the future of really making a difference and keeping our people healthier and not only from a systemic standpoint, but from an orthopedic standpoint as well.
0: Yeah, that, that's so true. It's, and I love how it does put together... Um, Everything is essentially it, it talks about, you know, the proper warmup. You get into actual the rep sets of all the different important lifts, the different important movements, both from a let's strengthen all the big muscles, but also a let's work on all these stabilizer muscles that 99% of the population doesn't even know we have.
1: Right. <laughs> and you know, above and beyond the programming, you know, the programming, it speaks for itself because I literally have the data points on over 15,000 people. I always call them walking, talking, squatting success stories. <laughs> nice. And I don't get, you know, the average person. The, the people that come to me in FHT or to come train with me in Madison, you know, things aren't usually perfect for them. You know, they're dealing with some chronic pain problems, be needing to rebuild one if not multiple of their movement patterns. But they have the mindset that training is going to be their fix. Training is the modality to help them improve. And this is something that's truly special because at the end of three years, putting 15,000 people through this, I've literally seen it all. And the power is great with the programming. But I think the real, real special thing about FHT is that we coach each and every athlete and client through this in 12 weeks. To make sure that we can customize it, we can coach the movements, and it's being executed to a level that I know will get people in a three-month period. And I think a lot of uh, online training misses that. It's not only about the programming. Yes, the programming is important, but it's about the execution. It's about Mm -hmm. the customization that really drives home value in terms of results after X amount of weeks or months.
0: And, I, and that's definitely what sets you apart too, is that with all the interaction that you guys do have with the athletes that go through it, is you're correcting everything, you're cleaning up everything, all these poor techniques that a lot of programs just kinda like, here's what you're gonna do, go have fun. Whereas you're making sure people are moving through the patterns properly in the process of all this too.
1: You no, know, I couldn't go to sleep at night, uh, putting programs out to that amount of people without knowing that we are helping them move better, help them improve their technical proficiency on the lifts. Because I'm a big believer that as movement professionals, movement is our medium in order to improve it so we can actually bulletproof. That's step one. You know, when I go through my courses, one of the big bullet points that I like to have my my certifications take home is we position for biomechanical success and we coach for neural success. One cannot go without the other, but the order matters there. So if we're not in proper positions, if we're mismatching a squat variation to a client or their foot position or somebody's best bench press technique, we'll never be able to coach that to its top abilities, whether that be getting out of pain or improving performance. So really form is what matters. Execution is what matters. And when you can mix that with a world-class program, that really uses the multimodalic-based model, really good thing, happen.
0: Yeah, definitely, I like that. Um, so when you talk about people coming to work with you either in Madison or with this program, people in pain, people dealing with um, a lot of different issues, is there anything that this cannot work for, or anything that you have not had success with, um, joint-wise, condition-wise,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we are very clear uh, on the website, on the pages, that if you are in acute pain, if you have an injury, this is not for you. Because anyone who's been through FHT will know that this is an intermediate to an advanced program. This has a lot of volume. It has some intensity. It will get your heart rate up and it will challenge those movement patterns. So anyone who's acutely hurt, this isn't going to fix that. I always recommend Find the best local rehab pro, get a great movement diagnostic done, get a plan of care, get healthy, and then you'll be ready for FHT. But about two years ago, we had so many people in need of a rebuilding phase that we actually came out with a program called Foundations. And Foundations is my return to train program. Foundations has been utilized by uh, rehab pros, physical therapists, and even personal trainers and strength coaches worldwide for the past two years in a return to train scenario. So it's my version of a bridge program. If somebody is coming straight off of physical therapy, they're not ready to jump into something like FHT yet, but what are they ready for? They should be rebuilding their foundational movement patterns. We should be getting in and getting more volume, more intensity over a period of time. And we've really shown that we can do that in the nine week block of things that aren't the sexiest thing on paper. But again, it's battle tested. It's tried and true with thousands upon thousands of success stories where I I honestly think that it's one of the most effective ways to bridge your time from physical therapy back into what I call self-sufficient training, which is having the ability to go and do whatever you want to do with self-sufficiency, with physical autonomy in the gym. That would be something more along the lines of FHT.
0: Awesome. So no acute injuries. Um, but as far as someone has is dealing, obviously, chronic injuries. This um, does address. But even if it, like, someone's because of a past injury, you know, has joint limitations, the arm is just not going to move all the way overhead or something of the sort. Everything can be modified, correct?
1: Well, here's the big secret. I think that is ninety-five plus percent of the humans walking this earth. People have chronic problems. Everyone has a problem at some point in time, but we can't be our diagnoses. We can't be our injuries. We need to move above and beyond that. So everything that I designed with FHT is going full bore straight ahead to help combat those chronic injuries from getting worse. And many times we see them just being eradicated. But there's a big difference between, hey, I just tore my rotator cuff four days ago. And hey, my front side shoulder has been hurting for the last seven years. You know, we see a huge incidence of generalized front-sided shoulder pain in the industry today. We've known about our generalized lower back pain symptoms for close to two decades now. You know, it's time that we get past these things, and more correctives won't necessarily help if you've already been doing correctives. More manual therapy won't necessarily help if you've already been doing more manual therapy. Getting back to one of your original points, loading is the thing that is going to make the biggest difference in record time, So, we can actually sustain better movement, sound movement, and actually bulletproof into the future and beyond.
0: Yes. So, yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, just with that loading, and like just going back to that whole topic, is that load, the loading factor is just so important with everything, um, everything that we do in order to decrease our risk of injury Um, for, you know, anyone from the age of what five to 105 essentially right <laughs> so if someone is someone has an injury or has just gotten through an injury uh not ready to actually compete train hard yet fht absolutely not for them or is it still kind of a maybe depending on what the circumstances are
1: so a couple of years ago i I didn't have a great answer to that question. Today, I know definitively that FHT is a mismatch for them, but in nine weeks of foundation, they can unlock their pain-free potential. They can get out of that acute, that subacute, that post-rehabilitation phase and get back into actually training. But I think it's a misconception that just because you're in a bridge program that you're not going to train hard, that you're not going to sweat, that you're not going to get your heart rate up, that you're not going to feel like you're training. You know, Foundations is a three day a week strength training program. We train full body three days a week, energy systems in an additional two days, and we recover on an additional two days. So every single day we have meaning we're done. But when you truly think about, you know, rebuilding your body, it doesn't only happen from loading. It happens from energy systems, building the cardiovascular base, being ha- able to have a daily movement practice. These are all things that, again, within 45 minutes, three days a week, nine weeks of foundations, I have the data to show that this is one of the most effective programs out there for that. And it's almost the best kept secret in the industry because FHT is sexier. You know, like you see people benching 300, squatting 500 on FHT, and it's unbelievable and it's sexy. Foundations isn't sexy, mm-hmm. but it is what people need. The biggest mistake that people make when they get out of rehab is that they think they go from zero to 100 in a matter of two seconds or two sessions. That's not what we need. We need gradual progressions. We need systematic progressions. And again, in a matter of just a couple of weeks, we can make those moves, but we have to give the type of training stimulus that's gonna make us better and not break us down.
0: Yeah, you just nailed something I talk about a lot of times, which is, um, you know, a lot of what's kind of in a, what would be considered a foundation's program, and a lot of just what I do as far as with my athletes it's what I call like just call the unsexy side of like fitness is that accessory work, that stuff that gets you back into the ability to actually work out again and it's stuff that's neglected by so many people in general right so with your program is. Like you said, it's endurance athletes. It's triathletes. It's um, the strength athletes, powerlifters. It's everything. When you're when someone's looking at this program and it just looks, um, you know, it it can look overwhelming at times because of everything involved in it. Um, there's a lot of endurance athletes that don't understand the strength aspect as being a necessary component. So, how do you talk to some of these people about getting them to understand that? You know, building your strength is actually, even though, you know, as a triathlete or runner, you may want to be a little bit leaner and lighter. How do you explain to them, like having this, this muscle and this power is actually beneficial for you?
1: Well, there's no faking results. So people are not stupid. People are not dumb. So if something doesn't work for them, they're going to tell you very, very quickly. But if something does work for them, that's the biggest buy-in factor that we could have. Uh, Giving you an example, Uh, the last three months, I had a a new client come into me. He's one of the top orthopedic physicians. He's an orthopedic surgeon in the University of Wisconsin system, which is a world-class system. And he's been told, you know, he's seen rotator cuff tears. He's seen total knees and total hips for the last 25 years of his career. He's under the impression that lifting weights is inherently dangerous. And his sport of choice is trying to run 5Ks as fast as possible. So he progressed through 10 weeks of foundations. We didn't do the sexiest of things, but that worked very, very well for him to the point where he was hitting PRs, competing every three weeks, transitioning him into that, into FHT. Now his endurance is getting even better at that 5K uh, key performance indicator run. And these are things that the result mattered. But I think that people, the thing about loading or resistance training in general is that it can be extremely empowering. So we know that it takes you know, anywhere from three to six weeks to improve muscle mass, or it takes maybe the same amount of period of time to lose fat. But there's something above and beyond that, the biocycle, social, physical model of training it is liberating, it is empowering to do something that you've never done before. So with the case of people coming in from marathon, coming in from triathlon, or even just any sort of endurance sport, it's a different type of stimulus entering their system than what they were used to. And the more of these athletes that I work with, the more of these people that I work with that have been primarily doing endurance sport, you can see the light bulb go off on their mind when they get in and they elicit a type of training effect that is novel to the system. And I think that compounded with a couple weeks of seeing results and actually feeling better, moving through sound positions, having an actual movement practice. Those are things that speak volumes and really makes the results blatantly clear when we get the athletes to buy in at the end of a couple week period when again, they're feeling better, they're moving better, and they actually have more of an emphasis for training harder because it feels good to them.
0: And I think that's what a lot of uh, clinicians, even some coaches and just fitness coaches in general forget that even though someone's a runner or a triathlete, like they still need to know how to move right. They still need to know how to deadlift and squat and actually move their bodies in these positions because ultimately if they can't move in those positions, their body's just not moving right in general as they go through their, whatever their sport is.
1: Well, I I think it's uh, misconstrued that running is a movement practice. You know, not knocking running here by any means. I work with a lot of (laughs) (laughs) high-level runners, high-level endurance athletes here, but it's simply not a movement practice. A movement practice is founded on moving your body through developmental positions, through fundamental capacity-based positions, hot hinge, lunge, push pull carry, rotation, When you think about something like running, it happens in one plane of motion. It happens in a repetitive form. It has no real time where you could use these diverse positions, meaning that if you are an endurance sport athlete, it's even more pivotal that you have some sort of movement based practice, whether that be yoga or Pilates or CrossFit or powerlifting or just a foundational strength program. I think that's the missing link to many endurance athletes, not only feeling better on the road, but actually being healthier. And that's really the key. It's how do we mitigate the risk of all of this volume in a repetitive cycle and do it to a point where we don't have the repercussions of chronic breakdown.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think it, as more education is getting out there, the endurance athletes are definitely starting to understand the need for it. But it's still so many different, so many runners, especially because that's primarily that's a lot of what I work with is the running population out here. And there's just so many of them that still are not doing any sort of strengthening whatsoever because they just still think that running will strengthen them.
1: You yeah, See, the one thing about living in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, One of nine international qualifiers for the Ironman, uh, the Kona Championships in Hawaii right here in Madison, Wisconsin. So we have a lot of endurance sport athletes here. And our outdoor culture, our outdoor physical culture is far more than our gym culture. But because it is cold as hell in Madison, in the fall, in the winter, even into the spring, you know, the athletes just have to go inside and they have to do a little bit more cross training. So they are almost forced to go into a gym-based setting, which is a good thing. You know, I tend to see regionally the people down in sunny SoCal, the ones in Florida, the ones in the southern climates, we tend to see more repetitive use injuries down there because they're never forced to take an off-season. They're never forced to go in and actually clean up weak links. And let's be honest, there's only so much indoor cycling you can do. There's only so much treadmill that you can do until you just want to go and do something that's going to test your mind a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and and I definitely, being here in Phoenix there, I definitely see that. Uh, Obviously, summer it's hit or miss. Some people will shut down, but we can also drive an hour or two north in the summer and get to cooler weather. So uh, I definitely see that side of things here a lot more, like you were mentioning, as far as the warmer climates. So I want to get into the foundations just a little bit, so for the people who are not familiar with the foundations program, um, when we're looking at foundations, it is your transition program, what does a, let's just go like, what does a week kind of look like on that?
1: That's a really good question, and before we get into the actual foundations program, the reason that it's named foundation is that the goal of this program is to rebuild the six foundational movement patterns. The squat pattern, the hip hinge pattern, a single leg pattern, upper body pushing and pulling, and locomotive capabilities. So that is the namesake for the foundation's program. So a week looks like what I would say would be needed for the ultimate longevity-based program. Three days a week of full body strength training, two days a week of mixed energy systems work so we're doing joint friendly variations on intervals and some low intensity low impact steady state cardio and then we're using recovery programs on the off days in order to use active modalities in order to recover better because many times coming out of a rehab setting coming out of not having trained for months or years We simply need to recover more. We need to recover harder in order to get into training harder. So really, we train all six of those foundational movement patterns with different variations two times per week. And that's really the magic frequency of getting in and diversifying your movement-based skill set under load. And over the course of a nine-week period, we progress each and every one of those six foundational movement patterns one step at a time. So we're not going from the bottom stair all the way and jumping 12 steps. What we're doing is taking one step at a time up to try to challenge those movement patterns in a more succinct way that people can sustain. Because if you can't sustain your training, what's the point?
0: For sure. Um, When you talk about recovery, everyone thinks of recovery a little bit different. Some people think it means they just don't do anything at all. Some people think it means they can still go run 10 miles. Like, What does recovery look like on um, this type of program or just for you in general, what does recovery look like?
1: Well, I'm a big believer. I've been very vocal about this, that recovery is not a passive process at the highest levels, which is everybody should be wanting to recover faster, quicker, spark the recovery. It has to happen actively. And it depends on the person, but Really what it is centered around is having a daily movement practice. The six phase dynamic warm-up sequence is what we use. And that is about a 10 minute movement practice that gives you everything from soft tissue work all the way up to activation drills and corrective exercise. And then from there, being able to utilize things like breathing strategies, being able to utilize like low impact, low intensity, steady state cardio, things like walking, another unsexy thing, just to move our body through space in order to actually help the recovery process. But uh, one of the biggest mistakes people make when they go overboard on the recovery is they spike the vital metrics. So they spike their heart rate, their respiratory rate, and they turn the recovery sessions into another conditioning session. And that's something that is actually going to take away from the recovery process, not uh, help to expedite it. Bye, bye
0: Cool. Oh, you Thank you for explaining that. So I don't want to take up too much of your time, so we will kind of close this up a little bit. Anything... Um, regarding FHT that we did talk about that you feel is absolutely important to um, tell people?
1: I I think that FHT, um, you know, it's really outperformed my wildest expectations over the last three years because when I put it out, I put it out because I was coaching a professional athlete uh, abroad and I lost the ability to work with all of my clients here in Madison. So it was a program to actually bridge the time of me coaching abroad. But really, it's transformed into something that's just helped so many lives. It's helped people once again gain their ability to train meaningfully and not be in chronic aches and pains after. No repercussions for training. But I think that it's something that can work for everybody at some point in time. But, you know, I'll reiterate this point. I think the most amount of success that we've seen with all of these data points going through these systems is going through the foundations program for nine weeks and then earning the right to transition into FHT. And really in a six month period, I've seen people not only change their bodies, not only change their physical capacities, but change the way that they live, you know, change the way that they're interacting at home, change the way that they have energy in the office, it's literally a life-changing system that, you know, it's across the wildest expectations that I would have ever thought it would be capable of. But, you know, that's why we train. We don't train to have a bigger bicep for long-term. We don't train to have more ripped abs. We train to improve every aspect of our lives. And I'm proud to be able to, you know, coach so many people, so many passionate individuals from all walks of life doing just that with my programs. I'm very fortunate to be in the side of the industry doing that
0: awesome awesome thank you so much for explaining or kind of getting that final pointers on there so i know you do a ton on social media you have your website if people want to find out more about fht if they want to um, purchase your program if they just want to follow you where can people find you
1: so my website has everything so it's drjohnrussin.com drjohnrusin.com, com. And right on the front page of the website, you'll see the FHT program. You'll see the foundations program. And you'll see everything else that we have to offer, which is brand new articles each week and some of the best resources in the side of the industry for absolutely free.
0: Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy man. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today.
1: No, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: You're quite welcome. And that concludes this episode of Highly Functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.